<laughs> Welcome. Oh my goodness. Welcome to BA Chats Live. We are live right here in we the BA Chat Podcast Studio. Oh my goodness. Can you believe it? I can believe it. This is On super Facebook. exciting. <laughs> On fa- are you looking at us? There we are, oh, right there. Hello, which way this way? <laughs> Can I just blow kisses off? Over there, somewhere over there, wherever they are. Oh my goodness, welcome to BA Chats, usually just a podcast, but this evening we're live on Facebook with a visual. For the first time ever. Yes, and I, I should tell you, before we get started, BA Chats exists for two big fatty reasons, and one of them is we believe that the testimony, testimony does mean, whether we believe it or not, it actually means. That's what it means. Do it again, God. So when we hear wonderful things that Jesus is doing Today, when you read in the Word wonderful things that Jesus has done in the past, if you hear anything that Jesus has been involved in, (laughs) and it's a story, a testimony, you can say with a clear conscience and from your heart, God, do that in my life. Do anything wonderful in my life. (laughs) I'm I'm wide open. What do you say? I say it. I say what you say. And so BA Chats is a chance to share beautiful testimonies um, to encourage all of us and lift us up and say, do it again, God. Yeah, and it's your invitation in Mm -hmm. to to that same thing for you. Mm -hmm. And then the other reason that we exist, the other reason why we have BA Chats is that when you stop and you look around at Bethel Atlanta and you look at all of the people who come into our body we have gold all around us. And there are so many fantastic people who have fantastic testimonies of the, what the Lord did in their life, yeah. how, they, how they got here, their born-again experience, their, um, their encounters with the Lord, what, what, and then what they're doing because of these encounters with the Lord. And it would be, it would be a shame. And we don't believe in shame, but it would be a shame <laughs> to not share with our our now live listening audience on Facebook <laughs> and everywhere over the planet of what God is doing here. So we want you to know who these people are and get to know them. That's so, right. Yep. And our guest tonight, how appropriate, one of our favorite people, one of the coolest people that I know, one of the most powerful people I know, one of the best looking people I know. <laughs> Is our very first BA Chats live guest, Jen Stockman. Oh, Yay! I'm so glad to be here, you guys. I feel so honored. I feel so seen. You are seen. You are. You are. Now, Jen, this is your third time on BA Chats. Yes. The first time with your man. Yes. Super helpful. Yes. We got to know you. Yes. Second time talking about your book. Tell us just a little bit in case folks haven't heard that podcast about your book. Yes. So fun. So the war on your voice, breakthrough lids that silence the sound of who and whose you are. Mm. It's out now doing its thing. Go do well, little book. (laughs) Go do well, little arrow. Hit your mark. (laughs) Prosper. Multiply. Jen had such a beautiful process in writing this book, and, and we I was so honored. We were so honored. We actually got to walk with her yeah. while she was processing through and just doing what it takes to get something that God has put in you on the outside of you. And I genuinely, it's something that I have personally struggled with for, uh, since I've been on the planet. It is not my forte. <laughs> there's a lot in, there's not so much out. And it's a real issue. Yeah. And I genuinely have never seen anybody walk more honestly and more powerfully and more swiftly and just step by powerful step to powerful step than you. 
And so I'm just so inspired and and very excited for you to share about that inside process, the creative process for creatives that actually, we actually can hold something and somebody else benefits from what Jesus is doing on the inside of you. So that's what she's in to talk about this evening. So. Where do, where's a good place yeah. to start, Jen? Well, you know, probably 2015. <laughs> That's a good place to start. <laughs> we, we can start there. You know, four, I, four years ago. I always love to write. So I, I would um, have dreams of someday I'm going to be an author. Someday I'm going to write books. Last podcast, we talked about, you know, the dream of the book line and <laughs> signing books and giving hugs and inspiring the world. And, you know, it was just so magical up in the clouds and (laughs) would make my heart beat faster and just really loved writing for years of my life, even when I was a little girl. And probably right around 2015, I really started feeling the Holy Spirit putting uh, his finger on, it's time to write. It's time to write. And I started putting write a book on my dream, on my goal list, starting in 2015, probably. I'm going to write a book this year. This year, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> 2019 is the first time I haven't put that on the <laughs> list since 2015. You knocked it off the list. Way to go. I've just really been savoring what's not on the list this year. It's got to feel so good. It feels great. And, you know, so I, it, it was just not magical. And so I, I was just having the hardest time. I would just sit down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a book. And uh, I would just write some stuff. And it would just be me and my cup of coffee, my computer. And I would just be blushing because it felt so dumb. I, I'm like, I mean, this is dumb. If I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a dumb book. Because everything I just wrote, it just felt so dumb. Did I remember this part of your of your process and just laughing and enjoying it so much with you? I'm like, I know what you're talking about. You did so well. We just laughed. You're like, I wrote today and it was dumb. (laughs) That's awesome. So there was so much wrestle going on, you know. And even in chapter one of the book, I I talk about that chick wrestling to break out of an egg, you know, and it was a several year wrestle for me. And uh, what would happen was I would like knock on the eggshell like every month, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) and be so shocked that it wasn't breaking through. You know, why why am I still stuck in here? I'm like a miserable writer. (laughs) I just kept looking for the vein of delight that I know is the way of the kingdom, the vein of joy that I know is the atmosphere of heaven. And I, I just kept pressing on that shell, but it would be in very inconsistent sprouts because there wasn't a lot of like feelings motivating the desire to write. So when I look back on my journal entries, you know, so many times for a couple years, I would say I'm trying to write a book. I'm trying to write a book. And I remember reading one journal entry when I was just kind of reflecting on the process. And it was probably about a year and a half in. And I wrote, I heard the father tell me, stop saying you're trying to write a book. Hmm. say, I am writing a book. Hmm. (laughs) And I had to begin to change my language um, to 
not uh, express the wrestle as the overwhelming reality in what was happening. Like, no, I am writing a book. And if I only write one sentence today, I am writing a book. And I just began declaring over my life, over my process. I remember walking around the house saying, I'm an author. Hmm. Authors write books. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> I am a writer, you know. And, and in that wrestle, my motive was just getting so refined. Because, you know, the, the pain of having to grow into new territory and learn new skills my current motive wasn't enough to keep me consistent. And, and I, was the current motive at the time the, the hugging people in the line and the inspiring, the original one of you wanted to inspire? Was that yeah, the current it, it motive? It felt like, yeah, just something I always wanted to do. Okay. You know, and um, it, it just wasn't enough to okay. push me through the pain of this is not fun. Okay. <laughs> you know? And so... As I wrestled inside of that shell, I could feel the Lord not changing the subject about writing this book. And so I, I had to decide, it wasn't like loud. It wasn't like writing on the wall. And one of the most shocking things in this process for me has been realizing how easy it is to walk away from things we feel called to. And it, wow, it was just Jim. so easy to keep walking away from the computer. Like, I walked away for a couple years, you know, and would just make my way back and walk back. And, and it, it was very sobering experience looking on the other side, like, oh, wow, it's easier than I thought to not do the thing that's been in my heart to do or to not do the thing I really feel called to do. Wow. So in that, in that wrestle, I really felt my motive um, for eternity, my motive to be found faithful, my motive that just really cares about what he thinks. Um, and that, that motive started perpetuating a consistency, like a faithfulness wow. that just wasn't there before. So there was a lot of refining that took place before I broke through um, and had this writer's, I mean, experience open up to me. I, I remember I kept feeling the Lord saying, you need to get up early. You need to get up early. And um, I would try, and I was just so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just kept bumping into all these I can'ts, which just felt like the restriction of that eggshell, like, I can't do that. I, I felt like I was supposed to get up at 4 a.m. And I just kept feeling like, I can't. I'm just so tired. I can't. And I remember seeing, um, you know, this vision of myself. And I was just laying down in the dirt. And I felt plastered by the weight of the whole world and all my other responsibilities just pressing on my chest. And I just remember just feeling drenched in an I can't. And I see Jesus walk over to me and bend down in the dirt and just whisper in my ear, I have overcome the world. And he was just so happy. And wow. I felt the invitation, I have not called you to a life that you can do. And the sooner you start 
the sooner you stop expecting to be able to do what I've called you to do, the sooner you'll find joy in what I've called you to do. Oh, Jen, say that one more time. So I, you know, he just kept reminding me, like, I have not called you to create a life that you can do on your own. Wow. And the sooner you stop expecting to be able to do life on your own, to accomplish what I've called you to on your own, the sooner you'll start enjoying what I've called you to. Jen. And so, so simple, Rach, but I, I just started asking for help to get up early. <laughs> I mean, help me, Jesus. No, but I, I love, I so appreciate this, too, that it's that easy, yeah. you know, to not do it until you do it. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And just started delighting. And this is, that has always been my dream to live a life that's beyond me. Wow. And that's the call of the Christian life, it is. that we would be able to throw something at his feet that he won, not, yeah. not something that, <laughs> here's what I did, sure. but no, here's what you won abundantly above and beyond all that I could have ever asked or wow. thought within my own paradigm, within my own strength. And so I just started asking for help to get up early. And, <clears throat> you know, it only took a couple weeks of getting up at 4 a.m. and finding uh, a several-hour window where I had uninterrupted time to really get in a good groove. Because we should mention here, Jen is the mom of four beautiful girls girls. that you homeschool. That I homeschool. Yes, Yes. and you have a job. And I have a job. (laughs) I remember during this... This beautiful revelation, and yeah. we were over here, and you came once, and you're like, the shock is this, Rachel, I, I'm shocked, and this is what it is. Yeah. He, he's not letting me off the hook, because it's hard. Right. And those are my words, but I remember yeah. thinking, that is shocking. Oh, like, yeah. there's, like, there's no give, and you're like, no. Yeah. He really is asking me to get him, yeah. oh, to how can I help? <laughs> I was like, what? I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And you know, so many previous seasons, I've just been so acquainted with that voice of grace. You're too hard on yourself. You're doing so well. You are more than enough. And it was shocking to me to hear the voice of grace whispering, you can do more than you think. This, I remember you know? this because it was shocking. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not like you were doing nothing. Right. Right. And, you know, that that that's the whole nature of I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And I see more in you than you see in yourself. And learning to yield to to that voice was definitely a huge part of the process for me. And what I found was he was so right. And, you know, within a couple of weeks, what happened was I was popping out of bed at 4 a.m. And I could not wait. And I would see, I went into probably a three to four month time this in, during the summer months. And I would see him in the dark, out on my back porch, just these flashes of, of him pacing my porch with little nerd glasses on and... <laughs> Um, I was surprised by how eager he was to hear what I had to say. And I would feel him leaning over and watching what I was writing. And I, I 
found that the greatest motivation, the, the greatest thing that set me free, because a big part of the wrestle where I kept getting so stuck, thinking everything I wrote was so dumb, <laughs> was I couldn't get out of my head um, how people were going to receive what I was writing. Am, am I going to be understood? Is this going to make sense? Are, are people going to think this is ridiculous? You know, like I'm this- so glad I want to talk about this quite a bit because yeah. I, I feel like this would this is a huge stopper to anybody yeah. who does anything. I mean, this to me, this just has to be confronted. Yeah, or you're you won't do anything, right? And it was there, and it was strong, oh. and it was a couple years that I didn't know that was going on. Oh, sure, but I was constantly filtering people's people's opinions, people's thoughts. Uh, is this going to be a mediocre book? You know, like who wants to write something mediocre? Yeah. You sure. know, <laughs> like that fear of being average, the fear, um, all those fears that are really just not free in inside of my mind were constantly bumping and putting lids on my ability to enjoy what I was designed to do. Do you feel like these things are here? Yeah. I would say that they just kind of lie dormant. Is this right? Yeah. Until you go to do something. Mm -hmm. Is that when you notice them? Yeah. Because, you know, I thought, I honestly thought I was super free before I started writing a book. And I would say you, you are super free. You were super free. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) you know, my freedom process, I, I just hadn't done anything so out of my normal groove in, in, you know, several years that reached down far enough to what, what was still there. And, you know, Blake Healy says this thing, um, the best way to do spiritual warfare in your life is to begin to move towards your dreams. I haven't heard Blake Healy say that. Yes, yes. You gotta like say put that, that on again. a shirt. That's helpful. Hashtag. The best way to do spiritual warfare in your life is to begin to move towards your dreams. And I think it does. It it confronts what just isn't accessible in our daily comfortable space, you know? And it's kind of like that. Um, I think it's a healthy cycle where we break through into a place in our promised land. And then we go into seasons of settling that land. Like, oh man, mm-hmm. I'm, I am making this home. You know, Graham Cook says it's like, mm-hmm. it's one battle to get your breakthrough. It's a second battle to sustain your breakthrough. And so I don't think it's bad. I think it's part of kingdom nature of being pioneers, being overcomers, mm-hmm. is yeah. that we conquer a fear and then that's not the end of the story. Then we actually set up camp in freedom and wow. we begin to build a life and a home there. But then the next season, there's another invitation. Hey, look at what's over there. Do, do you want to go explore that land? Like there's more to see. And then there, there's an invitation. Are we going to stay comfortable and risk complacency? Yeah. Or are we going to pack up and go scout out some new territory? Is some of this because we work hard to come up with our routines. It's work. Yeah. And so once you get in it, is it just the comfort of the groove? Because, I mean, with your kids, for, we work hard as parents <laughs> to come up with a routine. You need some consistency when you have four children. Yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> is some of it that? I mean, it, once you get it going and you just want to stay there for a while, is that when you the Lord typically calls us on? Yeah, and I, I think it's that, like, 
when we start to feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and we start to feel, man, I'm feeling a ton of pressure, like I'm no longer fitting in this season of my life. That that's when like the the egg has outgrown the shell. (laughs) Did you just say that pressure is a sign of that we need to expand? We need to expand. When you start feeling like you can't breathe, you know, and like it's getting really tight and you want to start blaming everybody else. Like, hey, the hen didn't give me a big enough shell to grow and thrive. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, when when we yeah. when we start looking for reasons, you know, why I'm starting to get super uncomfortable and not feeling like I'm thriving and fully alive. That is often the signs I have seen in my life. Hey, it's time to break through something. It's time to take some new territory. It's time to take some new risks. It's time to move forward. Jen, that is helpful. Yeah. And and that doesn't happen in a day. That's that's where, okay, I'm not going to let this go. I have failed at this for two years and I'm going to keep failing (laughs) until, you know, how many that the chick has to relentlessly hit that shell. It's days of diligent work. And every time it hits the shell and it doesn't break open, it's not wasted, you know? So even though it took me two years to get into that moment, those, that four month season where really the whole book came out in those four months, I couldn't have gotten there without every little, you know, my little egg tooth (laughs) breaking in to that shell. Like it was all apart because the resistance is building a strength. It's building muscles that are absolutely necessary to sustain what's on the other side of the breakthrough. Jen, when you had this season, you are a happy person. You often say about yourself, you're one of the happiest people you know. Yes, huge life goal. (laughs) You are one of the happiest people I know. And I remember thinking, after you you stayed at this and and you were up at four o'clock in the morning yeah. and you asked the Lord for help and you felt him over your shoulder being excited about it and you saw him pacing. I saw him pacing. <laughs> yeah. hey, do you remember that? I was like, Jen, oh, yes. I saw Jesus pacing in your house and you're like, I see him pacing in my house. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> and then it was after that that the here comes the flow. And I remember <laughs> consciously thinking, I... I've never tried to imagine Jen happier than she already is. But she's happier than usual. And I remember thinking, whoa. Whoa. I just never even asked what that would be like. Because you're just such a, you know. But it was beautiful. There was a marked difference. I mean, you, you, and you still carry that presence. Do you, that presence that you, do you own that now? And now you get to move forward with that presence at your back? Yeah. You know what? I feel like I'm still settling that land. So oh. I have broken through into, it really ruined me, Rach. <laughs> I feel like I, I tasted <laughs> something I had never tasted before wow. in that four month, you know, window. And I, so much of it was complete freedom from the thoughts of people, oh. you know, like I no longer, and, and it's just more perceived you know, it's not even real thoughts coming out of people's <laughs> mouths. You know, again, I love that you don't actually know that that's going on until you move towards something. You try to do something, and that's when the awareness comes of whoa. Yes. Okay. I love that, and, yeah. and it was the freedom from that. You yes. Taste. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And you know, it was the freedom from any shame. You know, <laughs> I, I literally felt like an intoxicated person. You know, who just 
tells you the whole story in 45 seconds <laughs> with so much joy, you know? No inhibition. Yeah, yeah, then this happened, then that happened, then this happened, you know? Without any care about what anybody thinks, you know? And it literally felt like worship that I had never tapped into in any song I had ever sang. Whoa, You know, Jen. in any, any way I had ever given myself to his presence I felt like the writing became my worship. Like, wow, this is what you designed me to do. Oh and it, it, it was the motive that was moving me forward, you know, and it opened up my creativity, like lids that had been, you know, just sitting on top of just that freedom to enjoy doing what we're called to do. Yeah. It, it felt like with the shame gone and with the fear gone, um, with the insecurity gone, when it was literally, this is all for you. Look what you've done in my life. Look what you've done in me. Like, I, I just spilled it all with so much joy. And, you know, I felt, I felt a question for a whole generation welling up in my soul in that process. And oh, wow. it was, who are you without shame? Oh, Jen. And... And I just feel like I want to shout. The blood of Jesus has made sure you will find out. Can you shout it? Do it again. Yeah. The, blood, the blood of Jesus. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, what I found was so much of my wrestle, even after that, you know, four months of just bliss, was just not realizing how, how much of my thinking had been discipled by shame for so many years. Yeah. And so oh. what I thought were just normal thoughts are actually thoughts we learn from an entire culture that's wrapped up in shame. And so I I that's amazing and we don't see it and we don't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it's a normal. Yeah. And you got to just blend in. Don't, you know, don't be too much. Don't don't be too different. Don't, Is this the voice of yeah, shame? Things? Yeah, you know, don't don't put yourself too out there. Don't share that. No, like that's not acceptable to share those kind of stories. It's not acceptable to be that on fire for Jesus. Like just tone it down a few notches. I mean, that that's not real fire when you look like that, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> and just not realizing the message of shame is always there should be less of you. Oh, Jen, no, I didn't know that was the message of shame. Yeah, there, there should always be less of you. There, there should be Whoa. less of you at the table. There should be less of you in that room. There should be less of you on this planet. You, you know, it would actually be best if you just tucked away and hid for good, you know. And I didn't know how much of what I thought was just my personality was actually, oh, you know, Jesus... Just recently, you know, I, I felt him say, you know, uh, shame actually gave you that thought. And are you ready to be done being discipled by shame? Gosh, Jen. And so oh. I, I feel like I, I, I'm just opening up my heart like an open canvas. And I'm just saying, oh, Jesus, I want to be discipled by you. I wanna, <laughs> my whole life goal is to be a follower of Jesus as an author, as a daughter, as a mother, as a wife. I just want to be a follower of Jesus. So I, I think, 
you know, I didn't know that hiding behind this invitation to write a book with him was, was a process that my soul desperately needed. And more than anything in that process, what I will treasure till I go to the grave is who I, who I have seen him to be in, in this whole process. Like, and who I, I had no idea how much what I had to say meant to him. And when I realized, when I realized, when I realized he was waiting to see and hear the words that I would write, the thoughts of anybody else completely lost their influence in my mind. Cause I wanted to be the purest me for him. I, I wanted to be the, the me that he dreamt about before the foundation of the world when there wasn't a moment of trauma, when I never knew even the voice of shame, when I didn't have one violation of love, when it was just me in his heart, what, what did you dream up? Because that's, that's the me that I want to express to you as my worship, wow. you know? And that's beautiful. Okay, so four months of bliss. You yeah. get the book out, and I yeah. love this part. This I love part. this part. I, about to ask this I, I, I couldn't ever possibly pick a favorite part, okay. but I love yeah. this part. You get it down, and then what? Well, then I, I realized, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I started reading it back. <laughs> Not drunk, like Not sober. Drunk, like like I have to think now because you have to put commas places and I literally wrote like a drunk person so it's like a little bit over here a little bit over there Woo! you know and so I'm reading it back like my first proofread and um I'm like overwhelmed with what did I just do you know like oh my god I don't want anybody to read this. This idea was this anyway. You know, like, what was I thinking? I wasn't thinking. That's what that's happened. That's what happened. That's totally Mine what happened. I stopped thinking. This is what happens when I stop caring about what people think. Like, whoa. And I was shocked. I was sober and shocked. And I was literally waking up in the middle of the night. Nobody had read it yet. Just me. And I, Just I was sweating in the middle of the night thinking my heart would raise. I was like, I couldn't sleep. It was interrupting my, my sleep. And it was intense. And, you know, I, I remember the Lord telling me, you know, this is going to be miserable. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't become a morning drinker, an afternoon drinker, an evening drinker. Like, if you don't continue to alter your reality, you're going to hate this. Wow. And and I realized, like, it's like what we talk about when we go to a conference and we have an experience with the Lord that we treasure so deeply. But then we actually have to bring it home and settle the land and wrap it into every cell of our being, wrap it into our thought life that that so many things we can get into in an encounter, like we can get it in a moment, but an abiding place, a home, living it will never happen in a moment. 
Were you surprised that I, there was even an opportunity oh, to go back? I was so surprised. Yeah. I, 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 I was just like, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I mean, it was so great when the thought, when it was just for him, mm-hmm. you know, and when it was just for him, I just felt like, oh, this is what I was created for, for you. I could do this all day long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just really wrestled with, are you really asking me to, to like publish this book? Cause I just want to be a hundred percent clear. Like, I mean, I mean, cause you know, I would do anything for you, you know, and cup two really moments that I will never forget. I was reading this phenomenal book by Peter Scazzaro called, uh, emotionally healthy spirituality. And in this whole conversation with the Lord, I get to this part where he's talking about emotionally healthy leaders have no problem being absolutely transparent and vulnerable with their failures, with their weaknesses. And, you know, I I really share some of my lowest points in this book, you know. And so I thought for a while maybe I could just take those out. (laughs) And and then the editing process. And then I felt like, and then you would disvalidate your entire message. And then, you know, that just wouldn't be right. <laughs> and I'm reading the book and <laughs> shame is mostly bad. <laughs> it's okay to, is the message of my it's book. It's okay to keep a few fig leaves. You know, <laughs> everybody needs a few fig leaves. It's fine. Those won't, those won't harm you at all. Just live partly free. <laughs> so I'm reading this book and he, and he gives the example of David and how David was the most influential man he had all the resources and wealth to write history. And he chose to use all of his resources, influence, authority to make sure his greatest failure shows up in the history books. Wow. And, and then commands the people of God to, e- he puts it in a psalm where they had to <laughs> sing a song about his failure. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and Whoa, he did. And I feel the Holy Spirit say, would you rather put it in a song? <laughs> a book is fine. Yeah. A book is fine. <laughs> Sing it for the world to hear. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, radically different thinking than uh, anything that I have been accustomed to in my normal thought processes. Sure. And then and then the other moment was, um, you know, just when I was really just questioning, is this really what you want me to do? Um, because, you know, I told Justin several times, babe, I know it's a demon, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really having conversations <laughs> about just deleting this book. You know, I'm thinking about doing what the demon <laughs> says to do. I mean, I know they lie, but this lie is, is really good. That would be a great song. <laughs> I think I might do what you're trying to get me to do, devil. <laughs> so, I mean, I would be super serious, you know, and he would be like, Ben, just, just the title of your book. It's called The War on Your Voice. Yeah. And then the story is, and then she never wrote it, wrote. you know, and then she buried her book, like, and then that's the end of the story you want, and then I'm like, if only I would have wrote a book like The Secret Life in Christ, you know, it's a different time. You know, your hidden prayer room, 
(laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like wrestling with the Lord and just, um, I remember he sat me before this passage, you know, uh, for several days in a row that, that says, you know, don't, don't give what is holy to dogs and don't throw your pearl before swine. They're going to trample you down. You know, they'll devour you. Mm. And I'm like sitting in front of the passage like, this is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> this <laughs> is my one big pearl. <laughs> I, I'm afraid of being destroyed. <laughs> I'm afraid of what people will think, you know. And it feels like this is the advice you're giving, you know. <laughs> Be reserved, you know, about who you throw who you are to, you know? You can hear the pig snorting. Yeah, and that, that word pearl, all in the same, like when you look into what the pearl, it, it all has to do with your message, like what what your life has to say. and Which is how you define voice. Which is how I define voice, really. Mm-hmm. And so I just sat before the passage for several days in a row and just waited to hear what he wanted to say. And... And after several days, I heard him say, I never threw my pearls, the pearl of greatest price, who I am. Yeah, because I did think this didn't work out great for you. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I never threw who I was before dogs or pigs. I threw myself before my people. I thought she was worth it. Mm. Do you? And in a moment, I just started seeing fathers and mothers of our faith, heroes of our faith, throwing the best of who they are. Like even the fathers in our movement right now who've been so generous, you know, relentlessly giving away what the Lord has given them, relentlessly giving away who they are. And I saw Stephen, who's always been one of my favorites, and he gave the best of who he was and was uh, literally stoned to death. And, you know, on the brink of dying, he looks up into heaven and the Bible says that he sees Jesus standing. And, and I, I just saw like the, you know, the standard of success in the kingdom will never be how people receive our pearl. Like it's never, you know, Stephen wasn't not successful because he was stoned to death. Like that's what they did with his pearl. Like, success will always be, what does Jesus do with what you did with your life? Gosh, Jen. And he gave Stephen a standing ovation. Wow. You know, the king of all kings who is seated at the right hand of God got up out of his seat. And I just pictured him on the edge of heaven waiting, exuberant, to welcome home a hero. That's my boy. Look, look. He thought she was worth it. You know, that Paul was in the crowd. You know, we know the story. Yeah. Yeah. And Stephen thought he was worth his pearls when he was still destroying Christians. And his dying prayer that touched Paul's life that day, everyone that was there, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. And what Stephen did absolutely is still causing a ripple ripple effect in history because he thought the people of God were worth it like Jesus thought we were worth it. Gosh. And you know, I just I just realized, man, 
I thought it was enough for Jesus to be worth it. But what I saw was his invitation. You know, I love it that you would do anything for me. I, I tell him that all the time. Jesus, I would do things for you that I would never do for anybody else. So if you <laughs> want me to write and re- release this book for you, I will do it for you. <laughs> but in that, that day, I really felt his heart. Like, I love it that you would do anything for me. But it moves me in a way that is, you know, I just saw the tenderness in his heart when we think his people are as worth it as he thought. And you just think of, you know, the love of a father, the love of a mother, mm-hmm. that when you love my kids the way I love my kids, it, it moves you. And I, I just saw it as an opportunity to offer him something that I've just never seen as an opportunity Gosh. before. And I just want my whole life to agree with what he values. And, and, and I just started looking around, you're worth it. You're worth it. Wow. You are worth it. Strange Rover there, you're worth it. You're all worth it. No matter if you read this book or you don't, I just want my life to shout what Jesus is shouting. My people are worth it. Gosh. My people are worth it. And when we stop seeing ourselves as a dog and a pig, you know, when we start seeing ourselves as the pearl that he bought the whole field for, then we can't help but see all the world around us as a pearl that he bought the whole field for. There will always be dirt, you know. In my life, there's there's dirt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he is constantly reminding me, I bought the whole field. I own that dirt. It's actually not your dirt. I, I own the dirt all around your life. And, yeah. you know, I thought you were worth it. And I never changed my mind. And, you know, I, I was reading in, in the message translation when Isaiah is prophesying about the Messiah. And he's saying what the Messiah will say. And one of the things that just gripped my heart was the Messiah will say, I will never regret what I have done. Hmm. That's beautiful. I will never regret what I have done. And, I, and, you know, he, he also says in there, I will never hide from shame. Mm. And so Meaning Jesus had the opportunity to be ashamed. I mean, just basically to hear what people were saying about him and, and feel ashamed, but he didn't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jen, that's beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. So helpful. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead, well, baby. I was just going to say, what a process to, to go through, like to, to have a, to have a period of almost where it sounds like it's a dry season and then all of a sudden, boom, you're in this, you know, whirlwind of just riding up a storm and having a great time and then come back to, oh, this will be out there and then still have <laughs> another process on the other side of it. Yes. Um, but it seems like, it seems like uh, the Lord is like giving you more revelation and understanding of his own heart even in the midst of that, or in the midst of that process, so you could see, hey, actually, this is what the function of this book is going to do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so good. Well, so grateful. Let's talk about the editing process yes. because this is another great one. Are we, are we? How are we doing on time? 
Okay, we got to quickly talk about because this is my favorite. This one to me, when you're going through this, this is when I started going. Jen, you've got to start telling people these things. People would actually, they would have hope. There would be light at the end of their tunnel if they saw you walking through this. So editing. Yeah, so editing. So I gave it to, Rach, you were one of them. I gave it to about five of my dearest friends. And, um, you know, the first goal was to give it to people who really loved and fiercely believed in me, you know, <laughs> and, and, um, and I also got some great feedback from that first round and made a ton of edits and went back in and literally poured sweat, blood and tears over, um, you know, Blake Healy gave me great advice about with a self-published book, there's no one at the gate saying this book is ready or this book isn't ready. And he was just like, you have to intentionally put someone at that gate so that you're not the final authority on is my book ready? And so I just purposely invited feedback. And so that was a several month process and making adjustments, just diligently working on it, you know, learning grammar all over again. I thought it was really good. I thought this is the best possible version of this book. And it was. I mean, we were boohooing through <laughs> calling each other, Jen, page three, five, seven, so beautiful. I love you, friend. I mean, it was the whole, right. it was all of us. And, right. it, and it was yeah. beautiful. And it was, it was like, it was what I needed, you know. But what I didn't see coming was, you know, I just kind of prayed about an editor. I knew I wanted a professional editor. And Sherry Lewis, uh, was definitely my first choice. She popped up in my heart and I just had 10,000 yeses and was really hoping she had space in her calendar to work on it. Sherry's a friend of She's Bethel. a friend of Bethel. Bethel Cameroon. She's been on the, the podcast now twice, two yep. or three times. I mean, she's oh, brilliant. We a just, brilliant writer. Yeah, she is. I mean, she is. I'm not sure what she doesn't do. <laughs> it's so <laughs> true. I don't know. I don't know. The, the next time I have a baby, I might ask her to be a doula. I don't know. I'm sure she does it. <laughs> If not, she can learn it real she, quick. Uh, yeah. She's, like, she's, she's pretty wonderful. So, so I, I send the book to her just thinking I need a final set of eyes on the book. <laughs> just like a final grammatical look. Just, you know, periods and commas and things. And it really sent me into another several months of there were a <laughs> lot of issues <laughs> with my book. There were so many structural issues. And I would work on the first thing she said, and it would take a long time. And I would think, oh, this is done. This is great. I sent it back three more times. <laughs> and I, would, I would get it back, and there's like, and, and every time I would know she's right. Like, this absolutely right. has to be addressed, there and I had never edits. seen it. I didn't find out until so many months in that my title did not match the content of my book at all. She's like writing in the notes. Um, so you don't mention your voice. It's like a side note throughout your whole book. Like, like I probably use the word voice like 10 times from chapter one to chapter eight. And, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's right. (laughs) She's so right. She's right about everything. And um, that was so much work. It it felt like writing another book. I had to start at the beginning and weave a thread through the content that was just obviously missing. And, you know, over 2018, I heard the Lord say, this is the year of patience. 
So through the whole process, I would see option A, option B, which one takes the most patience. I know I'm supposed to do it. You oh, know, and wow. it would just constantly be navigating, knowing, okay, you said patience. So I'm going to take the slowest route wow. because I know this is what we're doing this oh. year. So it, it was, inc- it, it took so much time. Um, you know, but I read this quote in the process, um, you know, performance and striving is being wrapped up in what people think, but excellence is being wrapped up in what God thinks. Oh, wow. And I just knew, you know, I, I, I want, it's our, it is our birthright to have a spirit of excellence and it, it was more than worth the time to make sure, you know, not that we're releasing something perfect, but that I know that I gave my very best and I put someone at the gate. So when she gave that final congratulations, (laughs) it meant the world to me. I fell in love with her. (laughs) Like, I mean, her care and attention over my work. I don't know if that's what's read normal editors knew because I've never had one, but she, I just felt so loved. It felt like she was caring for my work like it was her own. And Sherry wrote one of the forewords. Yes, she wrote one of the endorsements. Endorsements. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it really touched my heart. (laughs) And this one, please read this one. This one means the world to me. Did you, in that process of the editing, did you think again, I'm just going to scratch the whole thing? Oh, so many times. See, I, so many times. I just feel like that needs to be out there. People yeah, yeah. working on things yeah. that that is a normal. That's a thought that comes up that is handleable. Handleable. Yeah. yeah, you that's can a handle word it. You can have it. Yeah, you can take it. <laughs> yeah, that 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 just Wikipedia. comes up and that you can handle that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That you just face it. How do you face? I'm forget it. I'm getting rid of all of it. Yeah, I think it's like that thought keeps giving us so much practice in navigating to a better spot, (laughs) you know? So it's like, oh, uh, my motto became, I do hard things well. Okay. You know, this is... I do hard things well. I do hard things well. This is ridiculously hard, and I'm going to do this ridiculously well. Wow. And, you, you know, I had to change a ton of my language because it w- it felt again like I I was bumping into I can'ts, uh, and I just mm-hmm. had to change my my language. I can do this. I am doing this. Awesome. This is what I'm doing today, and um, awesome. it became you know less about I have to finish by this day to I'm going to give my best to that today. Like awesome. I am going to work on this today. So. I, you know, more than anything, what, what I realized was it confronted lids in me that right. need external motivation to get things done. And, wow. you know, there's just proverbs about ants, how they don't need those <laughs> yeah. bosses, you know, yeah, just <laughs> and, get her done, huh? and, and just yeah. having, there, there's no way around those places of deficit, like those muscles that have been so lethargic for so long, mm-hmm. having to begin little by little, I'm, I'm working this out today. I'm working this wow. new thought out that I do hard things really well. I do hard things really well. I do really, I do hard things consistently. I, I'm, I'm not performing. Wow. I'm actually working with all my heart before the Lord that he cares about this faithfulness, that this isn't about being perfect. This is about, I have a God 
who cares that I'm faithful in the little? And it's just upgrading one thought at a time, not like trying to tackle it all in one moment, but one thought at a time. This is what I'm doing. This is who I am. I'm a finisher. I'm a finisher. I'm going to finish this. Jen. (laughs) Jen Stockman. Tell us quickly, how can we get hold of your book? It is on Amazon. Just type in the war on your voice and it pops right up. It's a beautiful book, a beautiful oh, thanks, white Rage. cover with a, a crown of thorns. It's gorgeous. Oh, thank yeah, you. it's beautiful. And her pictures on the back. Oh, who took that photo? That's a beautiful uh-uh. picture. Oh, <laughs> best <laughs> photographer ever. Right. Author photo Rachel Coons. That's a shameless plug. Right there. Right there. That's oh, right. I do oh. author photos well. <laughs> You do a wild amount of things well. It's true. That's very true. Like a wild amount. Jen, thanks so much. I just bless you. Thank you for sharing that process. I've been so excited about this podcast. I just, I'm envisioning, like I'm imagining and and releasing intentionally that there's just ideas everywhere. Just because we're made in the image of a creator. So we've got creative ideas. There's no one on the planet that does not have creative, excellent ideas that would make culture better that would make society better that would be upgrade in thinking upgrade in living i mean we're just we're just made like that so it's yeah, all of us yeah absolutely but then you look at how little comes out and this speaks to the in between yeah and I, yeah. i'm just i just bless it i just bless it and i'm i believe in the lord that in your testimony that people are going to rise up and say, do it again. Father, I'm ready to tackle it. I'll yeah, do that. Yeah. This is, I'm praying this yeah. for me, actually. I'm ready to tackle this. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. No. yeah. So thank you. I yeah. appreciate you. It just feels very, very valuable. Ah, thank yeah. you. Thanks for tilling up the, the ground. So now, it, I mean, you really made it possible to where people can see an example and go, oh, okay, I can do that now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's no, like, this is, this is realistic. <laughs> this is normal. Uh, and now I can see that I can do it. So, yeah. wow, you just set some people free, which is yeah, really great. Yeah, and yeah. And I just love to leave everyone with one question. <gasps> what if the Father is just waiting to see what you'll create? What, what will you write? What will you draw? What business idea will you manifest on the earth? Like, what if he is that happy Father waiting to hang up whatever you do on the fridge, like, like your Picasso, even if it looks ridiculous, you know, (laughs) if it is dumb. And and what if the fullness of everything you've ever dreamt for in living a fulfilled life is in his smile in presenting this, this is what I did. I come from you and this is what I did, you know? Yeah, it's it's our portion in living in the Father's house. It's just who he is. Wow. Bethel Atlanta chats Jen Stockman again for just another helpful, profitable podcast. Yeah. We love you, Jen. Oh, it's yeah, so, I feel so honored to be Thank here. Thank you so much for coming to be with us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Nid, if, if you are listening out there and any of this is ministering to you, and we would love mm-hmm. to hear your feedback. Uh, we have a great just simple way to email us it's beth it's bh is that is that right bhats at bethelatlanta.com <laughs> that's right you can email us we yeah. would love to hear your story um in process of how this is uh, how this is ministering to you so please do bhats at bethelatlanta.com you guys remember that jesus loves you and we love you too <laughs> bye